Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 180 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K, fun show, rangy show, lined up for you today. We're going to be talking to, in just a moment here, Donnie Moore from what? EA Sports Madden NFL 25. Oh. Yeah, we're going to be, not, not. That no, okay. that's another sports figure from the past. I thought that was a shot at me. No, 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 no. Please, nothing. No references to shots or anything like that. <laughs> please, yes, he is the man who is the ratings are on Madden, and what this means is we talked about it on our most recent uh, podcast. And just to refresh the memory, he is the guy who assigns the number value to the players on Madden, the real NFL players. I would assume it's a formula. Yeah, some sort of a formula that he then calculates and then assigns to these guys and it, how good they are in the game. Now, mm-hmm. I don't play the game, so Rank, you, you come at it from that side. Of, I'm going to just evaluate from my sense of the real football rankings of how I would rank these guys. Okay. I was on the Top 100 show this year do talking we, about it. Do so we want to give out the, the ratings real quick? No, no, no. I think let's let's hold on to them until we get him. Let's uh, let's let's wait to kibitz with him and go through them. I can't say that this guy has a 99. Well, who is that? Calvin Johnson. Calvin I think, Johnson. I think everybody's Is that the highest number, I'm assuming? I would imagine. Nine, if, if, yeah, He's I can't imagine be, Calvin Johnson well, would have you know anything what? less than the highest possible number. Right. I'm not pulling back too much either when I say Adrian Peterson is also a 99. I wonder, though, if they have a true number one. If there is a... All right. Well, listen. Ask it to him. Why speculate to me when we're going to be talking to more in just a minute here? Well, because I want Black Tide to quit belly aching about his little bruised shoulder... And get oh, we'll get Moore to that. I hope we have time to discuss Black Tie, the producer's uh, bum shoulder. Jeez. Also coming up right after that, we're going to be talking uh, with Willie McGinnis of the New England Patriots, three-time champion, four-time Super Bowl participant. And um, 
I want to get it. We'll do a little our segment here that we do from time to time. Inside out. This is when you and I give our thoughts about what we think it must be like in the locker room, what it was like to play in this big game or that big game, and then somebody who actually was in the locker room tells us whether we're right or wrong about it. Willie McGinnis coming up to do some of that. I think cool. we. I want to talk a lot of Patriots. I want to find out about uh, Belichick, the man versus the myth. That'll be fun. And then lastly, some fantasy talk as we get you ready for your fantasy drafts. We'll do that with uh, Marcus the fantasy. No, the Fantasy Hall of Famer, as a matter of fact. Michael Fabiano. So much to look forward to there. And also a reminder, go to NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K, and click through there. You can watch all the preseason action, NFL preseason live, $19.99. Not even $20. You get a penny back. Whoa. Who's on, Wait, who's on the 20 again? Jackson? Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, you get an Abe Lincoln back. For doing it, that's a confusing thing. Why'd they put Abe Lincoln on two kinds of currency? You know what, Shaq? I actually was about to say you were on a roll in mid-season form, just ripping through stuff, and then you're about to do this right now. I don't like that cliche in mid-season form. I'd rather be refer. I want to revise that. I don't think that's enough. If somebody does a good job, everybody always says, he's in mid-season form. I'd rather be in postseason form. How about that? That's the way I'm headed. Anyway, NFL preseason live. All the games, you can watch them all, get ready for fantasy. You can follow the QB or running back battles that intrigue you. Beyond that, you can watch all the games condensed down to 30 minutes, which is nice for a man on the go man who has, or a woman who has a full life. Right. I don't, so that's not an issue for no, me. No. But if you are one of those people, then uh, then that feature should interest you. All right, let's begin then. Before Fabiano, before McGinnis, let's get to more here. EA Sports ratings are Donnie Moore. What's the poop, fella? What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Well, well, this is an exciting time of the year for you as you unveil the tw- the uh, the silver anniversary edition of Madden NFL 25, and uh, and and how do you feel about this edition? Oh, this is again, this is probably without a doubt our top our top game we've ever put out. Um, the the Infinity Engine 2.0 is there. The running game is is just unbelievable this year. Really. Really stands out. The Adrian Petersons, uh, the Marshawn Lynches, and then the offensive line. That was just a big focus this year. So watch out for the running game this year, guys. Best EA sports game ever? Uh, it's certainly the best Madden. I would definitely go out on Well, the, uh, what about NHL 94? Because that holds a soft oh, place in my heart. That's a classic. classic. That's a good one. I mean, one. Who, could, who could ever forget that one with Ronick? All right, we can talk hockey. Well, I'm talking what? about Lemieux is really the best one to have. Oh, I, I can't. I, I don't care what you think, Rank. I'm talking to Moore, and I'm telling Moore, and you spread the word around EA Sports offices if you want to. You can go around. Damashek will beat all. If you give me the Penguins and Lemieux, I can't be beaten. No. It is in 94, it, though. We're not talking uh, NHL 14, though, right? No, no, no. I don't know okay, about okay. that. When I'm talking, okay. give me Mario Lemieux and Update. those high and those powerhouse Penguins. I can't be beaten in that game. Update your games, Dave. That's you're right. You're right. That's all right. Two decades ago. Yeah. Let's That's update our conversation well, let's, and let's talk about this one before we go into there, Donnie. Uh, if you could talk a little bit because you guys had a demo that I was able to take part of, and when you talked about the improved running game, the trigger you can do multiple moves. I think is the coolest thing where you can do the juke spin, which you haven't been able to do before. What has been the thought process of? Focusing in on the lines and all that good stuff. 
Well, I mean, I guess just like you just like you mentioned there, the, the, it's called the precision modifier control, and it's on the it's on the triggers, and you basically hold that down, and you can just do all kinds of new spins, new jukes, combined with stiff arms. Um, just it expanded the number of moves that the the ball carrier can do exponentially. So yeah, that was a big focus. It used to just be like the spin button. Uh, it was just limited to a button, so you can only sort of do one move at a time. Now you can combo them up, and it really brings out the uh, the best in guys like uh, Tavon Austin and, and Adrian Peterson and, and all those guys. So that was a big thing. And, and really, the offensive line deal, I mean, we got luck. We lucked out. We uh, we got Clint Oldenburg. He actually yes. is a designer for us, former NFL player. Um, he worked full-time for us, and he basically told us how to set up blocking matchups from a true authentic NFL Lyman's point of view. So that really opened up a lot of things for us, and uh, it really made the running game awesome. Well, Good. before we jump into the specific ratings of of the players, just uh, real quick, Donnie Moore, are you more, do you consider yourself more of a football guy who's now working in video games or vice versa? At this point, in, in terms of the people here that work at the studio and work on Madden, I'm definitely like the football guy. You're the uh, That's you know, what I mean, yeah. Yeah, everybody here is, is a super hardcore into video games and, and, and all that angle. I'm the guy that sort of always is trying to put it back into real football and say, hey, they're not doing that on Sundays, guys, so why in the world are all of our quarterbacks, you know, 90% you know, completion rate or something? So, so those types of things we, we, we try to interject in the game and just make it more authentic and uh, definitely uh, more along the football side. So cool. that was just a shot at NFL Blitz. All right, anyways, <laughs> but moving on. Let's say, okay, we've got a sneak peek at the ratings right now. But before we get into that, before we start revealing some of these things, okay, I'll tell you, you know what, I'll tell you what, I'll go over the quarterbacks right now. We have okay. Aaron Rodgers, 98, Tom Brady, 97, Peyton Manning, 97, Drew Brees, 96, and Matt Ryan is your number five quarterback in Madden 25, Madden NFL 25, excuse me. He's a 94 Go through the process. How do you determine this? Now, I know a lot of these guys came from you know last year, and you're just updating it, but what goes into the process? Well, I mean, I guess there's two parts of it, right? The, the first process is when these guys come into the league. So, you know, this year, for instance, we created all the 2013 rookie class. Geno Smith, Tavon Austin, uh, Corderell Patterson, Eddie Lacy, all those guys. And that's really based upon a couple things. How they did at the combine, um, you know, in terms of their physical numbers, like 40 times, and uh, short shuttles determine agilities, and all kinds of, all those vertical, uh, vertical jump determines jumping. So a lot of the physical stuff handled by combine and workout numbers. And then a lot of the more intangible things like catching, or throw power, or route running, or whatever it might be, man coverage, those things are sort of determined by our scouting reports um, that we get from, I mean, goodness, I probably use close to 20 now, but at least 10 to 15 different sources uh, of scouting reports for each guy. And we sort of compile that list up for all their ratings, and then their draft selection sort of determines where exactly they kind of fit in the overall hierarchy. From that point, once we create them, then it's all based on what they do in the league from a week-to-week basis, and we give them increases and decreases you know, based on what they're doing on the field. You know what I like about that is uh, what I can glean from what you're saying is that all of this as is as rooted in real football in an attempt to reflect real football as possible. Fantasy owners like me love to uh, love to 
mimic as much as you possibly can the experience. Obviously, I understand cynics will 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 scoff, but mimic the decision making that a real GM has to make. And so this is interesting that you know you get to basically play coach. My question is the hardest thing to mirror. It would seem based on your top five QB ratings here: Rodgers, Brady, Manning, Breeze, Ryan. I see none of the new fangled guys out there. The guys who like to run as much as they like to throw the ball. How say you on that? How close is, let's say, Kaepernick or RG3 or Cam Newton to uh, to the top five here? Well, those guys are absolutely right there. I mean, they're on the cusp. Um, they're, they're all three of those guys you mentioned, Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, and I believe uh, Cam are all at 89 overall. So they're they're right behind. You're talking. You're, you're we're splitting hairs a lot. And, and and the real general reason why those guys um, aren't as highly rated as the the guys that have been in the league for for a while is basically experience and awareness is the is the rating that really um, hmm. probably hammers those guys the most. Now the funny thing is in Madden when you play a quarterback, the awareness is you. You're, you're, you know, the control in your hands is the quarterback's awareness, per se. So the awareness is super important when it comes into determining how the computer plays and how the computer version Aaron Rodgers plays versus the computer version of Blaine Gabbard. And we want to make sure the computer version of Blaine Gabbard is rated like, you know, in the 60s and, and stuff for awareness. So he makes all kinds of bad decisions, interceptions, takes sacks and whatnot, whereas we want Brady and, and, and Peyton, who are 99 awareness, to almost play flawlessly in the sense of decision-making. Mm-hmm. And it should be important to uh, point out that the player ratings are updated each and every week, so you can always uh, keep up to date. So when a guy like Colin Kaepernick starts and he starts to, you know, play more for the 49ers, that rating goes Wait to the Wait a second. Entire... In no. season? In season. Oh, yeah. You mean oh, to yeah. tell me if the 49ers are 6-0 and and Colin Kaepernick is setting the world on fire, and he's he's running for a hundred yards a game and throwing two or three touchdowns a game. That the game will reflect that. Yeah, via via all roster updates. I mean, is the game not, not quite smart enough to do this all on its own in a vacuum or anything like that? But we, you know, we have a team of guys that basically you know watch every game, sort of look at all the stats of every week, and it, it basically works like this. So a guy that's good, Adrian Peterson. Marshawn Lynch, those guys, well, they have high expectations every week, don't they? They're the number one and two fantasy picks around. So those guys are expected to have 150, 100-yard games almost every other week. Well, a guy like Justin Forsett in Jacksonville or something, he's, he's not expected to do anything. If he all of a sudden reels off three straight 100-yard games, you're darn well expecting that guy to get a, a rating boost in Madden because he's playing way above what we had him pegged at earlier. Boy, I am an old fool. I don't know about Jeez, this. How David. cool. I didn't know. Not only that, we we get a sneak peek every week on NFL.com, and we talk about this. I actually voice it over, but thank you for, for paying attention to what we're doing. I'm sorry. What, I what didn't Black know. I'm Ty learning now. are doing each and every week. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick is the most intriguing one to me, but give me, if you can allow, if you can indulge me on that, who's the fastest when you do the, the running? Is it is it Kaepernick or is it RG3? Oh, in terms of quarterbacks. Yes. Right now, uh, this year we have it, RG3 and Michael Vick are both tied at 92 speed. Where's Kaepernick? Kaepernick is, let me just dig him up, he's at 88 speed or 89 speed. You? Um, you know, he's a guy that's, he's got he's got 91 acceleration too, so he's a guy that's right behind those guys, but, you know, based on, so, so speed's a tricky one, right? That's the one that's always probably the most debated and the highly, uh, the biggest spotlight on the speed rating. Of course. And like I said, a lot of it is based on how they ran at the combine, or we need a physical number to sort of attach to these guys. But after that, it's based on game speed. So the famous one is Jerry Rice, right? He always had that uh, alleged 4, 6, 40 or whatever. 
But then when the guy played in the game, he never got caught from behind. So in Madden Ultimate Team, the legend Jerry Rice in our character for Madden 25, he's rated 99 speed because of his game speed. Wow. And, you know, I, uh, the, it must be nice for these guys. I'm sure they are. In fact, I, I, it's not speculation. I have talked with players, and they really are either flattered or upset by the ratings that they get here. I want to hear about your personal experiences with that. But real quick, what does a guy like Kevin Cobb have, just for my sense? like wait, So the best is Rodgers at 98. What's a, what's a bum QB get? What's John Skelton or somebody like that have? John Skelton. God, i got to remember what team he's on. Bengals. Because um, he's bounced around. Skelton is a 67 right now. I mean, he, he's a he's a guy that was. I mean, he's probably got one of the lowest. Who's the worst? The worst quarterback in the game. Let me look at that real fast. The worst quarterback. I'm sure this guy will be on Twitter, Matt, here in a minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's Matt, what I actually, it's, it's our it's our commentator's son, Matt Sims. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's uncomfortable. See, I, I you know what that says to me though, sir? No favorites. That's right, sir. <laughs> that you've got integrity. I don't care what Phil Sims has to say about it. His boy <laughs> is what his boy is, and I'm gonna say it through a number. I like it. <laughs> when you think of it though, but you guys take what is in the game and you use that for your rating, so obviously you're watching it. Was there any one play that stuck out to you to where you said, you know what? We have to change this guy's rating because the one that jumps out to me, and I don't mean to keep harping on Colin Kaepernick, his run against the Packers in the playoffs seems to be one where I would have run to the drawing board and been, you know what, this guy's 99 speed, 99 acceleration. Yep, that, I mean that was a great one, and I could probably rattle a bunch of these off. But the one that a couple Please of them that jump out, or uh, this might sound funny, but like the uh, the Matt San- uh, Mark Sanchez butt fumble play, <laughs> uh, I think I immediately went off, and and he was already, I mean, he's already like a league leader in the terms of fumbles every year, so he was already really, really rated like in the forties, I think, like forty nine. But after that, I think I took off like six more points because it was just such a, <laughs> I mean, the guy, you know, any any kind of quarterback that wouldn't have a handle on the ball. Right behind center, you know, that, that certainly des- deserves a rating decrease. But we've had, like, some silly things over the past. Like, uh, I remember when Chad Johnson kicked an extra point in a game. We bumped up his kick power and his kick accuracy. Same with Wes Welker. Uh, There's weird circumstances like that. Um, but, yeah, all the time, after when we see a spectacular catch, when we see, you know, a running back put the ball on the ground two straight times, uh, like Bryce Brown did uh, last year, those guys, they immediately get decreases off things like that. Well, Jake. Well, J.J. Watt wants to play offense right now. Are you guys keeping an eye on that? Would you have oh, to? Yeah. Oh, you could. You should look at his ratings. We have. I mean, I, I remember creating him back in the day, a couple years ago. He was a, a ex tight end from Western Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, if, I, if I believe. I think CMU right. actually Central yeah, Michigan. Yeah. I think Central Central Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it was one of those, was one of those Michigan schools, and, and right. you know he, he ended up converting to defensive end. So yeah, he has higher route running, higher catch ratings than almost any other defensive end would because of those types of because of his background. If I had Patrick, if I was playing with the Cardinals, Patrick Peterson, should I put him at wideout? You know, I think we I, we have a few packages where you can you can put in a cornerback. Sure, yeah, he's got great hands. So uh, his route running is obviously, you know, it's hard to estimate what a cornerback's route running is because we've never really seen him do it. But that's something that if he shows that he can do that in training camp, um, in preseason, and then if they use him in the regular season that way, we'll certainly look to bump up his uh, route running and receiving abilities. Well, what stands out to me is is that we're looking at your ratings of the top five at each position versus the way the NFL Network's top 100 players of 2013 
shook out and whatever merit or whatever stock you put in into uh, the uh, top 100 ratings, you guys are in the same ballpark on that. The one that must be tough, though, because when you're trying to break it down and Frankenstein a player, essentially what you're doing is you're, you're evaluating what well, his arm strength is one category and his legs and how fast and all that kind of stuff. How do you figure t- – it must be hard – with Peyton Manning, because he doesn't have a strong arm, he can't run, Is that, and in situations when he doesn't get good protection, tends to throw picks. How is it, do you have to make some assumptions and just say, look, we have to override this, the, the, the sum is greater than the parts? You know, we get that maybe a few times with the really, really athletic, probably on the other end, though, when a guy is super athletically talented, like he's just like, you know, sub-4-3 type of guy, and he's great, he's very agile, and mm-hmm. across the board, he's like 90-plus athletically, then we might have to take a few extra points and maybe say, you know, awareness or maybe a man coverage if he's a corner, whatever his weakness is, basically. So if the guy, you know, is that athletically talented, there's probably a reason he's still undrafted. So we want to make sure that we, we reflect that in his ratings by, you know, giving him very bad intangible type skills. But, like, in, in, for your comparison with Manning, I mean, you're right, Manning's throw power, his, his, his arm's probably been weakening ever since those, those surgeries, so mm-hmm. that's not something he gets a lot of credit for, but he does have the 99 awareness. And in terms of deke accuracy, he's the, um, he's the what is he, the, the third best, or the first best deep passer in our game at 89 uh, accuracy, because he was just, he was actually third, I think, in the NFL last year, according to Pro Football Focus's stats, but... Uh, He's a he's a great player. His injury rating has, has gone down over the years, um, so he's a little bit more of a threat there. But I think in terms of decision making, there's probably not too many guys you could ever say played quarterback better than him. Higher clutch rating, him or Eli Manning? You know that's funny. If we uh, we, we, we the way the clutch rating works in Madden is basically on or off. It's yes or no. Are you clutch or aren't you? If we were what is what is, what is Payton's? Is he on or off? Oh, both those guys are on. Absolutely. On? Both those guys are clutch. But Didn't I, you... I would I would choose Eli. I mean, two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. He's certainly more of a clutch quarterback than, than Peyton when I think of him. Clutch. I'm trying I to think of the... guys that are on the fence. Is is Brett Favre considered clutch? Would he have been? What, isn't he in the uh, all-time? No, we don't have him, actually. He's not in the game this year. Um well, that's well, that's indictment enough of Brett Favre. I think you've said everything you you need to say. What guys? But don't though, you? But don't you watch Peyton Manning throw that interception against the Ravens in the playoffs and say, you know what, clutch rating off. Yeah, that, I mean, of course, that was. I mean, that there's always moments like that, and in a, in a thing like clutch, you sort of have to summarize it all on one thing. So, like for example, we always talk about the clutch rating, and Adam Vinatieri sort of gets brought up. Uh, he's, he's listed as clutch in our game. And to, in all honesty, I'm not quite sure if he's been as clutch the last few seasons. But I think when you think of Vinatieri, that's the first word you, you come to. So we want to make sure that he's still considered clutch and he still comes up with clutch moments uh, in the game. Understood. Now, Donnie, you can be, you can be frank with us here. There's, this is a safe place for you. Is Peyton Manning's clutch rating on because you fear that Archie Manning would call you and complain if it wasn't? <laughs> That's <laughs> no, uh, we you know Arch. Uh, I would I would say Archie Manning's threat level threat rating is probably super low. I mean, <laughs> um, Ar- Archie, the only person he could beat in Madden at this point is me. Since clearly, <laughs> I I have less grasp of it than uh, someone like that guy does. What about those players? Like as uh, as far as what Rank is saying, like uh, I remember a couple of uh, months ago, I think it was Ryan Clark 
complaining about uh, what his rating was. He right. felt uh, he felt unsatisfied. Oh no, was it? I think it was. Wasn't it Ryan? I was feel it, like it was, was Ryan. It Terrence Newman. Is, is Ryan Clark mad ass because we had his Denver plane and you know ability <laughs> really low? Or? Well, how no. much do you get accosted by guys? Do yeah, I mean these, these guys, these millionaire guys with these uh, superhuman athletic ability? Do you get do you get calls from them and say how dare you? It's usually not calls. It's now with Twitter. It's, it's usually almost exclusively via Twitter because a lot of the guys. Will, I mean, I, I'll, I'll wake up one day and I'll say, "Oh, huh, Des Bryant's following me," and then then I'll I'll see like later on. Oh, I got a message from Des Bryant, and he'll say, "Hey, what's up with my speed?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's always things like that. Like they just they sort of want to know. You know, they'll hear from a fan or, or whatever. They might play the game and see that they're not rated as good as they want to be rated, and uh, you know, always complain. But yeah, that's a. Rarely do we have guys say, "Hey, man, want to want to take a second to thank you for for that ninety seven rating you gave me." That's that's not how the internet works, Donnie. Wow, yeah, scary right. stuff. So these guys are hitting you up, and do you and do you respond to Des with an apology, or do you address it and say, "All right, if he's paying attention, I better uh, bump him up a little bit." I, I, I certainly try to give him. You know, I gave him the impression. You know, I, I took another look at the, the film, and let you know, let me take a look at it, type deal. Uh, you know, and, they, and a lot of times they'll come with real, real reasons. They're not just kind of like politicking for an extra point here and there. They're like, "Look, man, I, I was hurt last year. You know, I'm, I'm playing. I'm 100. percent I'm 100. percent So you, you, it's funny though. <laughs> we find it flattering because it, they, they, sure. they, you know, take the time to, to you know, want to get better represented in the game. Yeah, you wield oh. a good deal of power. Jeez. What about he uh, is the czar? A lot of people like to give them. They self gloss them things with or names like that but you actually are and i'm looking at this list and i know we revealed the quarterbacks and we spent a lot of time talking about that i do want to get into some of those in a minute but let's for everybody who's listening let's go over some of the other most notable ones adrian peterson a 99 marshawn lynch a 96 arian foster is third 95 ray rice a 94 jamal charles is your number five running back at a 94 now Obviously, we talked about this at the top of the show before you came on. Adrian Peterson is a 99. Calvin Johnson is a 99. Is there an ultimate number one person in the game? Um, well, I, I will say this. So, so the overall formula is just a formula, right? It's just a number that, that sort of takes all the other ratings and, and kind of compiles them up for this one number. So we sort of cap it. Um, it's from zero to 99. No one can be 100 overall. And no one, we've never shipped with a, with a 100 overall guy. The system just doesn't work that way. Of course. But in the back end of it, like if you throw it in Excel and, and you know, kind of the root, the root numbers, the guys do go over 100 in some cases. And, and Peterson, um, I didn't actually have this written down, but if I remember right, Peterson was 104 hmm. uh, overall just because the overall formula is, you know, like I said, it's a formula that's trying to range out the guys in a way that makes sense. So it's not like it's not a straight like average of all of his ratings or something like that. Is gotcha. it is Calvin Johnson because what? of all the guys on this list, although I guess Aaron Rodgers would probably rank among the all time greats, uh with with what number you assign to them, Adrian Peterson probably ranks with the best running backs. Is there are, are any of the current guys ahead of the all time best at their position? Who is the best Q B running back and receiver in Madden history? Well, that's a good question. There, I don't. I should have. I should have. I should have actually put all those guys into that Excel and sort of seen what their raw number was. But uh, well, you don't have to come up yeah. with an answer. See, a man of integrity. A lesser man would just make it up because I can't. I, I won't prove you wrong. It would have been like Brett Favre. By the way, it should be pointed out, Des Bryant does not crack the list of top five receivers. Although we do have them grouped together. I'll finish off that list: Calvin Johnson, Gronkowski. 
is number two. Andre Johnson, number three. Jason Witten is number four. He's a 96 ahead of Jimmy Graham, who's a 96. Now, we were upset when the NFL top 100 players of 2013 were revealed. Jimmy Graham was not anywhere on this list. He's hmm. number five on your list. Why? Oh, gosh, I think Jimmy Graham is – I mean, we had a, a sort of internal debate about Graham versus Gronkowski, who was mm-hmm. going to be the higher-rated uh, tight end. Uh, but, obviously, uh, Graham had a had, – you know, he was injured last year with his wrist, had a little bit of a down year from comparison to 2011. So he sort of ends up a few spots down. But the stuff – he just brings – what he brings to the t- table in that New Orleans offense is uh, – I mean, it's pretty dangerous that that with six, at six foot seven and run, has eighty five speed and, and has great hands, runs great routes. He, in my opinion, he's just uh, in Madden. He's one of the biggest weapons there is. All okay, right, well, well settle, consider a couple of uh, well, uh, debates they, going on right now. Let's here. do the top five receiver. Who are the? Who are the? Okay. We have Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson. Who are the other three guys? So yeah, I'm not sure why their list, our list kind of combined tight ends. But as far as just receivers go, I'm looking at it here: Calvin 99, Andre Johnson 97, Brandon Marshall 95, AJ Green 94, and then Roddy White and Welker are tied at 93. Interesting. No yeah. Julio Jones, but Roddy White makes the list. I don't think uh, Julio's going to like that. Well, listen, settle these position battles for us: Geno Smith or Mark Sanchez. How does uh, how does Madden 25 see that? Oh God! It, that that one's. A, I mean, they're very close in terms of overall. Let me let me bring up the Jets here. I can answer but, it for you. You remember the tagline for Alien versus Predator, the movie? The tagline for that was "No matter who wins, we lose." This is uh, "No matter who wins, Jets fans lose." You do lose, but in Madden, uh, let me see if I can bring up G- Gino. Gino has some some numbers you can work with, though. He's got 92 throw power. Okay, so he he's got a decent arm and he's got 85 speed. Um, and again, a lot of that's based upon his sub four six forty he ran, and he and he and he he was sort of nifty in in college too. But he's not a guy that runs the ball a lot. So I would look for that 85 number to maybe go down if, if he doesn't show game speed uh, like he did in college. But, uh, yeah, I, in terms of the rookie quarterbacks, I personally would rather go Geno Smith over E.J. Manuel. Um, I, like, I like Geno Smith's accuracy numbers uh, better than E.J.'s bigger throwing power. But right. didn't you see that week one of the preseason, E.J. Manuel looked pretty good? You didn't, you didn't hop to the computer and start uh, see, there, that's a that's a, great, that's a great question there because if we were making changes in the preseason based on everything, yeah. I, I don't, we'd probably have to triple the team <laughs> back here because so much is going on. We really try to limit the preseason sort of buzz, and it's always in a positive. You rarely hear stuff that's like a guy is looking too, too bad from the coaches. So we usually try to limit the amount of changes we do in the preseason. Yeah, our wide receiver wearing number eight would who puts up a big fourth quarter number in the second preseason game of the year would uh, would suddenly be in the mid-90s. But he was, went with the starters. That, that, I like that. A, that what about, uh, so real quick then, a debate that will rage surely for the next decade at least, Andrew Luck versus RG. Three. How does it uh, look after oh, okay. uh, year one? Well, RG three comes in eighty nine overall in Madden twenty five, and Lux one point behind at eighty eight overall. Uh, personally, uh, you know, while both these guys are studs, I'd rather roll with RG three. You have ninety two speed and ninety five throw power. I mean, he's the ultimate quarterback weapon. Lux great too, but he's just not. He's not as dangerous uh, athletically like RG three is. Now, injury rating wise, Lux at ninety eight and RG three is eighty four. So, you know, if you're too crazy out there running around with RG3, you're probably going to get him hurt, uh, whereas Luck, Luck's going to be fine. Lux famously had the same combine numbers as Cam Newton when they both went through. Are, there, are their attributes pretty similar? 
Yeah, I mean, that was. It's, some, it's funny because I think everyone thinks of Cam as such a running threat and Luck is, is more like a pocket guy. But based on those combine numbers, they were very similar coming in. Now, Cam Newton has gotten a few points extra, uh, you know, increase on his speed over the last two seasons because of his, you know, he's showing great game speed. Uh, and Luck's right around 83 speed. So still, still a big threat because he can move around with the guy. Okay. So Russell Wilson or Cam Newton? Russell or Cam? That's a tough one. Uh, you know, it's funny though. In Madden, just just sort of like in the real world, uh, the five eleven doesn't doesn't even matter for Russell Wilson because you're the quarterback and you have that. You know, you're you're playing from a perception where you can sort of see the whole field. So it's funny that um, Madden is very much like the real world. If you can play quarterback, it doesn't matter how <laughs> tall you are. Um, all that being said, I'd I'd still rather have Cam Newton, who has a bigger arm who's stronger and is almost like a fullback in terms of, like, he can powerfully break tackles, which is very, very rare for a quarterback. Is there a rating for sexy deep ball? Well, I don't know. Sexy, we do have the deep ball rating, and we do have a, uh, we have a trait that's called uh, tight spiral. So uh, it's one of our... Who throws 72... the best deep ball? Who does? Who does? You Who does? tell me. What, what was the question? Sorry. Who has the best deep ball in the game? Oh, okay. Let me look at that real fast. Oh, that's Peyton Manning. He's uh, he's 89 overall. Wow, he's that's a surprising here. one. Yeah. One more question though. Go Tony ahead. Romo clutch rating yes or no? No. Wow. No, sir. He is not clutch. Very good. We, Very we good. had a few guys on the win. It's like we, a lot of people wanted to see Andrew Luck being clutch because he had I think seven comeback, uh-huh. fourth quarter comebacks last year. Some people wanted to see Justin Tucker become clutch, uh, and they were right on the cusp this year. So maybe we'll see. Maybe they break out. Um, all right, listen, Donnie Moore, thank you very much for the time. Great stuff, interesting. Uh, I say I like the idea that EA employs somebody who is a football brain to work along with everybody who's de- who's dealing with uh, creating the look of it. And you know, it's curious, Donnie. I, what I'm sure you get this question a lot. Why the name Donnie Moore? How often does that come up? What do you mean? Well, I mean, you have a there's another sports figure of the oh, past. Weird. Uh, you know, I saw mine with a Y, though, unfortunately. Or, you know, unfortunately. So, yeah, so, that's that, funny. It's, uh, I used to be a baseball fan. I used to watch that guy pitching growing up and everything. And then he sort of had a untimely demise there. But uh, Yes, California I, I, I got, Halos. I think at this point, uh, you know, Donnie with a Y is uh, the way to go. This is the Yeah, you are the preeminent sports figure with the name Donnie Moore. You can track him down at Donnie Moore. Donnie underscore Moore, M-O-O-R-E. Thanks very much for the time, man. Look forward to getting up to speed. Tell me real quick, if I haven't played since 1994, if I haven't picked up a, a game in, since 94, can I realistically get halfway decent at Madden 25? Yeah, and you can have a great time. If you, if you, put, the ball, if you put the game on pro mode or even rookie mode, if you're really worried about it, you'll have an absolute stellar time. We have a new tutorial mode in the game this year, which will help you certainly get up to speed with all the new precision modified controls and all that kind of stuff. So you guys will have a great shot at being good, and I hope to see you online here. All right. I'd love I, to take you on. Well, rank's already good. I need to, because I got two little kids. It's time for me to get back into the video gaming, and uh, and Madden 25 seems like a and good for place you guys, to start. There's a new owner mode, so you can become an owner of the team now, and we could all jump into franchise mode and take the team. You can relocate the team. Do whatever you want. I do that all the time. <laughs> I move the St. Louis FC back to Los Angeles in my new custom-built stadium. Uh, I just, trust me. I just I just took over. I just created a new owner named Walter White, and I'm taking over the Cardinals, and I'm moving them to Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I like it. All right, Donnie Moore, thanks for the time, fella, and uh, and we'll catch up with you down the line. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. August 27th. You listen to Dave, damn it.
Nice fella, and it must be a cool gig to get to do that kind of stuff for work. It probably sits around and plays the game all day. And you know, just it sounds like that's what his position is basically is to test the game and say not real enough. Ba- I need <laughs> I need 25 more hours with the game at least and then I will get back to you computer guys on how to fix it. He's the emperor of Rome. Yeah. Bring me Brandon Marshall. He amuses me. Well, I'll tell you not amusing By the way, especially to Patriots fans uh mm-hmm. is the fact that uh, Tom Brady at the time of this record, uh, recording a knee injury on Wednesday, the severity still up in the air, and uh, so that's not good as we get into our well, next well, guest for Inside Out. Before we do, yes. I, I want to talk about injuries, and I know I know, I joke around a lot, and I, I sometimes appear glib, and I understand the, the DDFP family had a very serious injury over just recently, and it, I know a lot of us have, have been concerned, uh, but I just want to let you know that Neil Dutton, our super fan who had an asthma attack and hurt his ribs, he's going to be fine. Oh, good. So that is the – I know everybody was worried about that. So super fan Neil. Super fan producer Neil. We're, and, we're and, rooting for him. And so before, was, we, and before we can really get into black tie shoulder injury, I need to oh, have yeah, I all the information. Wait, hold on. I don't care about that. I Well, listen, I care deeply, but I want to make sure I have all the facts in front of me before I can really begin a proper investigation. I am going to – it will be thorough, and no stone will be left unturned, but I want to find out some more about that. Uh, another DMP did not podcast today is Handsome <laughs> Hank, who's home from uh, – he's back from London, but he's uh, homesick. Right yeah, now, I know. So. We're looking forward to the return of Tough time Hank. for the DDFP family right but, now. But <laughs> uh, were you happy? I know Black Tie, you were very excited about uh, getting Donnie Moore of EA in here. Were you happy with the results? Did oh, yeah, he say totally. some things he, that uh, excited you? He dropped some scoops. You know, they uh, he dropped this. What's who the fastest quarterbacks were. You know, there's always that debate about RG3 mm-hmm. and Vic and the whole race in during the summer. He said those guys are both at 92 speed. Vic um, and RG3 at 92. Yep, yep, 92 speed. He dropped but, Cam, but, Cam, Kaepernick's overall, Russell Wilson's overall, Cam Newton over, overall, all at 89. Luck so those, was too, right? No, I think Luck is at 88. So Luck is actually lower than those three guys. So that would be interesting to see how that you know how that plays. We also uh, worked out a scoop for the receivers too because we he rounded out the top five of the receivers. We could kind of piece together the top three tight ends but yep. for the receivers we got that too so that was nice all right let's talk about uh, you know let's talk some patriots football right now we like to do the segment more and more in fact as the days press on because uh, you the listener seems to enjoy it it's called inside out this is inside out tell it like it is tell it like it is tell it like it is all right, Rank, look who's coming into Studio 66 right now. This is very exciting. A man who I enjoy seeing in the hallways. You know, people often say, <laughs> it's like, you know, when you see those Sports Center commercials, is, the way yeah, they create, yeah. it's like, oh, see, that it has that whimsy about you never know who you're going to run into. It's great when you have any thoughts about questions about, hey, wonder what it is like in pro football, you know, mm-hmm. to be there. And then you see Willie McGinnis walking down the hall. I yeah. always just shout out to him. Hey, Willie, what if this happened, this or that? And he always indulges my hooey and applesauce, my dumb questions. Your hooey and applesauce. That's what I said, McGinnis. <laughs> I like that. What's the poop? I see you're representing your hometown there, LB, Long yeah, Beach. Long Beach. You see the little crown on top of the, the king of LB. You get it. 
Oh, you're the king. I was going to say. I'm what? one of the kings. There's I a gotcha. lot of kings that come out of Long Beach. I'm just one of them. I see. I see. Gotcha. But not very many of those uh, kings have four rings on their fingers. Wait, three. you have three rings on your fingers. I've been to four, but that that damn Brett Farver got me. 96. Man, that's crazy to that's, say. So I you really bridged the gap. from So, so you precede, obviously, the Bill Belichick glory years there. You were there with Bill Parcells. and Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll came in for a few years, so I had Bill Parcells leave, and he took Curtis Martin, and everybody thought it was it was over. And then Pete comes in, and Pete does his thing for a few years, and then Bill Belichick era. Was he was Pete Carroll? Did at the time did you feel like uh, this is this is a perfectly capable NFL coach, or or did you feel like he needed some more time? I think that he was capable. I think Pete had all the tools. It was just our team at the time. We had a lot of immature players, and for the style that Pete coaches, uh, we didn't. We we had certain players that didn't really fit that, and they couldn't really handle it. You know, they wasn't professional enough, and some of these players was in key spots that mm-hmm. you know either can help the team or hurt the team. And you know, Pete had a great system. He was already you know as a coordinator in in, in San Francisco, and his time was was very. Uh, victorious in a lot of different ways and he knew the game but I just think for our team our team on a whole wasn't ready yet did you have any hunch though you're a USC guy did you have any hunch when he got the gig Absolutely. this is gonna go away don't you te- let me tell you I, why I no let me tell you why you knew he was gonna be let me tell you why all right Pete and the, Pete and myself was represented by this we have the same agent mm-hmm. so when he was trying to get the SC job I went in to Mike Garrett. Like, Mike Garrett had to be convinced that Pete was the guy. He was like the fourth choice. Yeah, right? yeah, he was like the third or fourth choice. So we went in and we campaigned for Pete because I knew with his mentality, like I said, the way he was, that would be that would be great for college football. Plus, he was a great coach. So with his attitude and the way he was, enthusiasm, and the way he can get those young guys going, I thought it would be great for SC. And Garrett felt like he was taking a chance on him. I thought it was a great move. Mm-hmm. And, hey, look at him now. Yeah. And this, well, is, this is the great thing about this segment because now Akbar comes in and brags about his personal endowments. And now Willie McGinnis is taking full credit. No, for I'm, not taking, I'm, I'm not teasing, taking full. I'm, I'm not taking full. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was a link in that chain to try to help him get there because, hey, that's my alma mater. So I wanted a good coach in there. It is funny, the overlap. You always hear that phrase about, uh, it's a small fraternity, but really, the fact that Pete Carroll is your coach in Carroll, I mean, in uh, in New England, and then winds up coaching your alma mater, you have a hand in it, pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pete's a great guy, man. and Everybody what, says he has a boyish enthusiasm. Well, he does, and you have to have that to be around young men and men. For this game, to love football, it's a, it's, it's a game. Let's remember, it's a game. I know sometimes the business... The business side jumps in there, but when Pete took over at SC, that was our professional and college team. Mm-hmm. There was no mm-hmm. other teams in LA at the time, you know. So Pete had Thank LA to himself. That's over with. Oh wait, he, he had uh-huh. LA to himself. Mm-hmm. So you, when you win the national championships and you got all the movie stars and Snoop Dogg and everybody else on the sidelines because you're the only only uh, show in town and you're winning and you're good. I mean, that, that's pretty big. So I think he used that to learn the ins and outs, to take it to another level, to, to, to prepare himself to become a coach. Because he, he got offered other jobs, NFL jobs, while he was at SC right. that he turned down. So when he felt he was capable and he fully had a grasp on it and he understood it, 
then he waited for the right time. And look, I mean, it was a great transition for him. Did he leave, though? Because, oh, let's get into the uncomfortable question let's of get the into day it. here, Black Tie. The uncomfortable question of the day for you, Willie McGinnis. Okay. Did Pete Carroll, for whom you vouched yes. before he got the gig, yes. did he leave USC because he felt sanctions were coming down, I better get out of here? I'm sure he knew about all the sanctions and everything before that, the years before that. And, um, you know, I, don't, I, I can't answer that question honestly because I wasn't involved in that. But I think it was a good opportunity for Pete um, to go to a situation where he would have the control, he would have the support that he needed to be a head coach, and that was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was offered the San Diego job before that, and I just think with the GM there and the people that he was working with, he wouldn't have that, that control oh. or he wouldn't have the resources he needed to do what he wanted to do. And, and having conversations with him during that time, that was really important to him. So, you know, when, when, when you're the king of the hill, when he was at SC, he was the king of the hill. So why would you leave that to go to somewhere where it's not going to be exactly how you want it, you know, where you want it, and, and to have the power and the control that you need to execute? So Sure. I well, figured, the likelihood is a two-, three-year window. Most right. head coaches are not going to have much of a shelf life. Yeah, in he, the got a great, he got a great contract. Mm-hmm. He went to a, a really good team, a good environment, and, and, and a lot of support, you know, from the front office. So I think all those things played a part in it. Is Bill Belichick, we talk about the enthusiasm that one would assume is necessary to be successful. Bill Belichick couldn't be, I mean, at least when we see him at the at the press conferences and everything, he certainly isn't enthusiastic. He's pretty monotone. Not to and dry. Not to that's you guys. the question. Well, that's what Not I want to know. Guys. I've heard that stuff. Oh no, he's funny behind the behind the scenes. Is it what what sort of fella is he? He is funny. He has jokes. You know, he has a personality, but you know, what you can't preach something to a team and then you get in front of the media and you do the opposite and he feels mm-hmm. that everything's mm-hmm. the same we're all a family we're on the same page we're all here for a common goal and if 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 bills in front of the media which he has the right to do whatever he wants he's the head coach and he runs the show there in new england nobody else runs the show but him right. so he has the right but he's an example for the players look if i can get up here i'm going to do what i have to do with the media fulfill my obligations at the same time, I'm going to protect everybody and just put everything on me. Let me handle it. Then, for as a player, you you know you have to understand what he's trying to do. Like our job is to play football. If we get into the media and start going a whole bunch of different directions, it becomes a distraction. And if it's a distraction, it's taken away from us winning games and playing football. So, I mean, for him, that's that's what he does. But as a player, if you're behind those walls, you're at practice. It's it's a whole different guy. I mean, he had to make that transition coming so from Cleveland. So he's enjoyable. It's an enjoyable experience I mean, to and, be a and Patriot. And he could be hard. He's both. I mean, he could mm-hmm. be you know he could be tough. He could be hard. He could be demanding as well, as we've heard from certain players. He can be demanding. But if if, if you're a, a professional, I don't know what job that you can go into that's not demanding that that acts a lot of you to to perform at your highest level. Jaguars quarterback. <laughs> That would be like, well, listen, I can't do any worse than the other guy, right? <laughs> right. Same thing as the Cardinals quarterback until this year. Um, all right. Well, listen, Bell, Bell, tell me this then, because I've, we, we, Rank and I have spent uh, okay. hours discussing this here on the podcast. Got you. First of all, the Patriots dynasty. Rank these three names for me in order of significance in making this happen. Belichick, Pioli, Brady. I think um, 
first of all, with any organization, you have to have a head coach. I think it starts with the head coach. He's the most irreplaceable piece of the nah, Patriots you gotta puzzle. Have, you got to have players. You mm-hmm. got to have players. I think him and Brady like a tie, like one and two. You got to have. You got to have Bill Belichick because he brought the system. Um, he bought the game plans. He bought all that. And then Brady, you got to have a quarterback to win in this mm-hmm. league. I don't mm-hmm. care um, what type of team you have. We've seen it in the past. Teams win championships um, with not great, great, just the top of the line, i.e. Tampa, mm-hmm. you know, when they won. Sure. Um, Baltimore, when they won their first one. We didn't consider those guys, you know, elite, the best quarterbacks in, in, in our game at the point. Let's just keep it real. They're not mm-hmm. going to the Hall of Fame. Right. But I think in today's game, the game has changed so much. You have to have a, a quarterback that can make plays in crucial situations, that can take over a game, that you can lean on in a two-minute situation at the end of a game, the, the biggest games in the world that won't crack. I think you have to have that. And I think – if you don't have Brady on that in that organization, then Belichick doesn't win as much as he win. If you don't have Belichick along with Brady, I think you don't win as much as, as well. But I, but I look at the Matt Castle year. The Patriots went eleven and five. That's great. Them. They didn't go to the playoffs. But that's a circumstance. It's circum. It, it is what it is. Now, if you got Brady, how you know you don't you don't go twelve and four? You don't go thirteen and three with that same cast. So I mean, that's my point. It's a competitive league. So, you know, Matt Castle came out, and yeah, he 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 had a a, a decent a, a good year, mm-hmm. but that wasn't enough. They would have beaten Pittsburgh in Foxborough. Yeah. That would have been the difference. That, they would have been that, in the playoffs. That wasn't enough. You still need those guys to go out and win. You know, eleven and five was great. I was in Cleveland. We went ten and six. We thought we were going. We didn't go to the playoffs. So, and and you know, it was with Derek Anderson. You know, he was a solid quarterback, went to the Pro Bowl, I think, mm-hmm. that year. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't enough because there's a lot of other good teams out there, and you got to do more now. Boy, I'll tell you, this would be a fun list. We'll have to get you back at a later date because I'd love before the season. Because that's I, I I agree with you. It doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have to be a stud QB, but he has to be able to make big plays in big moments. And who those guys, the QBs that you think can't make those plays come playoff well, time. But well, I, I want to do quick, that. Real, real quick though, you just uh, mentioned that. Okay, look at Joe Flacco right. this year, this sure. this past year. This offense wasn't the best offense. They lost the last four out of five games. Mm-hmm. This offense, was, I mean, they did improve under Caldwell when he took over, but they just they wasn't lights out. But when did he peak? When they got in the playoffs. That's what he just he caught on fire. Mm-hmm. No interceptions, all these touchdowns, big throws in the Denver game, second half of the Patriots game, came out, lit them up. Like, that's when you need players to step up. And all quarterbacks and all players can't do that. In crucial situations Manning, when you right? need him to. Peyton Manning. He's done it. But he, he's uh, he's, he's done, done it very rarely. He's done it, but he hasn't done it consistently. Right. He's playoffs barely and done it playoffs in January. And all. I'll say playoffs and That's all, all I'm talking yeah, about is yeah. when it matters most. Wow, so many directions to go. But the last question for today is this, since we've been Patriot-centric here okay. for obvious reasons. Bill Belichick, if he is such a wizard and his area of expertise you would that or by, uh, listen, but that's how he came up was as a as a defensive coordinator. Right? Why hasn't he had a really good defense in eight years? Eight years? That's not a that's not a fluke. This is a, a almost a decade. He hasn't had a good defense. Let me ask you a question: How many times has he been in the Super Bowl in eight years? That's not the question. I'm I, asked no, you. I, I, I have don't a, know. There's a purpose to it. 
three, right? Three, I guess, yeah. Okay, three. So he's almost averaging every two and a half, three years he goes to the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you look at the teams that's won the Super Bowls, the Saints, the Green Bay Packers, the Giants, the Patriots, those defenses weren't great defenses outside. Even Baltimore last year, mm-hmm. going that's in, true. going into the Super Bowl, they were one of the worst defenses. If you looked at the yards they were giving up in the numbers, now when you break it down, the defenses in those Super Bowl winning teams, they were good at a couple of things. They were good at scoring, keeping teams from out of the staying out of the end zone, and takeaways. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They gave up a ton of yards. Like we talked about, Green Bay. Bend but don't break. They would give up three, almost almost 400 yards a game. But you didn't score once they got in the red zone. And they, they was in the top of the league, top three, top five, and taking the ball away. So now what I'm looking at is now you can get to a Super Bowl and win it. If you give up a lot of yards, yeah. You may give up yards and plays, but if you don't let teams in the end zone and you're good in red zone and you take the ball away, you don't have to be great all the I way agree around. With you. You, you don't have what? to be great all the way around. And those five teams I mentioned, they're all di- they all did it that way. Nobody had a dominant defense where they gave up six points or twelve points. I'm late to the party on this realization. Hey. Now, but, but welcome, you're exactly, welcome, welcome the to last, the game. The last welcome year, to the game. Two, it's only the last year or two that I've really come around on that because, mm. as a guy who is a Steelers fan, you know that the defense always ranks statistically in terms of yards against right. and everything. But they don't take the ball away. The they Patriots the away. have woeful numbers aside from their takeaways, and right. who goes deeper every year? Now, it's the, a great the, point. Pittsburgh is the exception. I mean, they've had in the last ten years, probably nine of those ten years, the number one total defense. But you can find places, mm-hmm. you know, phases of the game that's not really good, but other phases where they're great. All right, Willie, you have to go be on TV, so we're going to let you go, but we appreciate you making some time for us. Always. Come back into Studio 66 Let's do so it. we can do it. I'm going to tease one thing. The next time you come in here, I want to hear the tale you told me in the summertime about that drive when the Tennessee Titans are going down the field against you in that playoff <laughs> game and the, and and what Willie McGinnis and Teddy Bruschi Rodney and the Harrison difference you the guys defense. make as yeah. a defense it's yeah. not uh, you just because you wear that Patriots uniform doesn't magically turn you into nah, it and, and that let's that story that, let's save that for I the next show I love that story it was really a good one all right Willie McGinnis go do your thing on uh, me, on the uh, on the network there always a pleasure see I told you he's a always. nice guy rank I don't like the Patriots you understand. No, but I like McGinnis, and that's a, it's my ongoing cross to bear that I the, when I get to know some of these fellas, they tend to be nice, and on the arch rival teams, the teams I've rooted against, it confuses my brain. I don't like liking him. I wish he were a loathsome character, but he doesn't pr- prove to be that. Speaking no. of not loathsome characters, here comes another one through the door of Studio 66. He is the Fantasy Hall of Famer. He's also the fantasy editor of NFL.com. It's Michael Fabiano. What's the poop with you, fella? You went from a guy who was like, what, 6'6"? Six, six? Something like that, yeah. To... Five eight. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to believe you. Well, yeah. Italian. Five eight. Five yeah, five foot eight. So I, am that... I six six now? Yeah. What are you talking about, man? If you're five eight, I'm six four. No, you're not. You're using some of that college basketball no, no, measurement no, no, at the no. start of the season. Siciliano, They're always two inches taller Siciliano's than they really five, are. Six, I'm five eight. All right. Well listen, Fabiano. How dare you rank. <laughs> it's an exciting time for you. We've been bringing you in here the last few weeks to kibitz you and Marcus Grant for that matter. To kibitz about fantasy football as we get ready. This week I've 
been on a couple of the NFL Fantasy Live shows that you can find at NFL.com. Rank participating, Fabiano there around the clock, churning out the pages for you every way you can turn it around, except for one. And Fabiano, I want to talk about it because it's about patting me on the back right now. Here's my new system that I've come up with, and I want to. We talked, you and me talked about it on Wednesday's fantasy show. It's the notion of the fantasy cliff and where the cliff is. And it's regarding players not as individual names, rather addressing them in tiers. Basically, placing them where their statistical peers are. And so, because here's something that happens all the time. You're in your fantasy draft, whether it's an auction or a snake, a traditional snake draft. In those snake drafts, you always hear it about four to 18 times a draft. <laughs> Somebody says a name, and then the next guy goes, ah, oh, bangs it. I was about to take that guy. I was about to take that guy. N- listen, it's not the end of the world. What you need to figure out isn't you don't target a guy. You need to target guys who are going to be in the same range. As a for instance, the top tier of running backs is Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson, Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch. Then there's a drop-off. Those guys are dependable in a certain level that no one else in the league probably is. The second tier, then, is like Shady McCoy, probably Jamal Charles, Ray Rice. If you don't get one of those guys, as long as you get another one of those guys, that's the way to play it. Do you follow my strategy, and do you like it? No, Michael Fabiano. No doubt about it, because, for example, if... I'm looking at Shady McCoy in round one, and Dave Damashek or Adam Rank ends up taking McCoy ahead of me. Well, I know I'll get C.J. Spiller. I'll get Trent Richardson. They're of the same ilk in terms of fantasy value. So I I think using tiers is a very smart way to have your draft. So kudos to you, Dave Damashek, and I do pat you on the back. And then you don't have to, and then it also helps you to avoid reaching because you feel, oh, I missed yes. that guy. No, uh, you know what? Yes. Now he, that, because that's not, that's tier three, I'd be reaching to go and get that guy instead. I better address my wide receiver position because there's only one or two guys left in tier two of that group, so I better do that. It makes it cleaner right. in your brain, I feel. And the quarterback mm-hmm. position, especially, you use those tiers because the position is so deep. So, I'm still putting Tom Brady, unless this knee injury is a major issue, within that top tier. He'll be fifth out of five quarterbacks, followed Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Cam Newton and Peyton Manning. But that second-tier quarterback is pretty darn good. You've got Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, who who Adam and I both absolutely love, and I talked about him last season. I wore his triple X jersey on on the air. I liked him so much. Well, every jersey is a triple X to you. Oh, stop it. Uh, Do you see? He's taking shots at, at the height. Today mm-hmm. and then I'm I'm small. You know you're you know, a skinny guy as a, now. As a noted fat guy on the show for the previous 179 fat. episodes, you're not even big boned. You're Fabiano, a skinny though. guy now. Fabiano. You're just like all skull. Let me help man. you out He's here. Got the head going. Let me help you out. He's bald. Just go after the bald head. I could do that. I could do that. You can't go after each other's baseball teams because they both stink. The Halos. Although the Yankees did score 14 runs on the Angels last night and have won two in a row against the. Anaheim Angels. Hey, muzzle tough. Los well, Angeles, part of that was or whatever they're called. There was a bad call on that Tuesday. Now listen. Wait, hold on. Is there is there something on our site where you can find the tiers? Have we ranked them like that? No, but I like to do it. Now, forget the numbers. That's what I mm-hmm. say. If get uh, kick out the the old numbers because you fixate. Oh, that guy's ninth and that guy's ten. No, no. 
Yep. Are they in the same tier? That's what matters. Are they, are they in the same it's group? Good, it's, a, it's good advice. And, again, that second-tier quarterbacks, you know, you also have Russell Wilson. You have mm-hmm. Robert Griffin III. You have Matt Ryan. Point is, they're all the same, and, and you're going to get about that close. kind of value They're very out close in value. And what's funny is Injuries that— Injuries notwithstanding. What's funny is that what do in that, that? second tier, the top guy to me is Andrew Luck, and his ADP right now is around 6 on NFL.com. The bottom of that tier— Average draft position. Yes, correct. Uh, people may not know. I understand DP. that. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I'm just you know rambling off here. the The bottom of that of that tier is Russell Wilson, and because of the loss of Percy Harvin, I wouldn't take him until probably round eight, somewhere around there. But I don't know if he's going to last that long. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you how deep that quarterback position is when the second tier is going to be off the board based on ADP, average draft position, by round six. There's a lot of good guys there in, the, in that those first six rounds, but there's even more players that are of the ilk of Tony Romo and Matthew Stafford, who you can get even later. And I'll take those guys as my starter all day long. We haven't really talked about the NFC North, correct? We haven't really dug dug through Not the big much. the big ticket names there. All right, I'm going to start with Jay Cutler because to me this is a guy that proves, as I say, gold is valuable. Why? Because it's rare. There's a lot of there, there, gold is the running back position this year because there are really six to eight mm-hmm. really good running backs. Everything else, every other guy has some questions around. Him. Matter of fact, I even put Ray Rice into that group too because with Bernard Pierce and you don't know exactly what's going to happen if that offense recedes without some of the, with some of the pieces that helped him win a Super Bowl last year. What about Jay Cutler, though? The the quarterback position is the opposite of gold because there are a lot of viable options. Does it go as deep as Jay Cutler? Do you see, because I, I pointed out last year, not since Jake DeLone was throwing it to Steve Smith, have you had a receiver put up such big numbers in fantasy with a quarterback who is not use, usable at all? And Jay Cutler, though, while that is true in the past, Mark Tressman there, an offensive wizard by all accounts, is going to be able to fix that offense, get the ball to Matt Forte a little bit more out of the backfield, throwing the ball. Alshon Jeffrey figures to emerge in year two. How say you, Fabiano? Jay Cutler, is he a top 12 option this year? No, I don't trust him. There's a list of players that I don't trust. And Darren McFadden's on that list. Ryan Matthews is on that list. Jay Cutler's on that list. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been a good fantasy quarterback since he left Denver. And everything is pointing in the right direction for him in terms of his value because Mark Trestman is an offensive mind, as you mentioned. Alshon Jeffrey will be back and healthy this year. They signed Martellus Bennett. They improved their offensive line somewhat. I wouldn't say they majorly upgraded their offensive line, but they, they, they helped him a little bit there. But I don't trust him. I don't trust Jay Cutler. It's It's one of those things where... I've seen what he's done over the last couple of seasons, and I just don't like it. And he has proven over the last couple of years. It's the same thing as Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers was right there among the elite quarterbacks in fantasy with Jay Cutler uh, when they were both playing in the AFC West. Can you even draft Philip Rivers at this point? No. Maybe, well, maybe but- in one of the last few rounds as like a, a low end two. And I know Cutler has better things going on around him. Trust factor for me is very I got low, you, but here's what, here, here's my strategy this year. And you and I, like we've talked about, have mirrored each other in the philosophy about where you draft a QB. You and I didn't like QBs high in the draft. Then you and I last year both said, we're both doing it. We're getting QBs high. And then that failed us. Yeah. So now you and I are both back to this. Here's my strategy, though, because I, what you want out of your QB in 2013 
is consistency. Mm-hmm. I feel. My thought is you don't need a boom or bust guy. What you want is a guy who's basically going to give you 19 to 22 points, however you scored, somewhere in that range. And then you make your hay by getting premier running backs and tight ends because there are a lot of good wide receiving options, a lot of good QB options. But how risky can I get at the QB spot? And let me tell you what I'm talking about. We did an auction uh, right. last week, mm-hmm. and the results are up there, and we wrote up a little stuff, uh, a few things about NFL. You did that, right? Is it done? It's done. Okay. It's done, fella. Now listen. <laughs> I decided quantity over quality. I took some gambles. Is this too big a gamble for a fantasy owner to say, all the big names are off the boards, I'm just going to wait, and I'm going to get as many of these third, fourth-tier QBs like Alex Smith, Jay Cutler, um, Ben Roethlisberger, and you know guys of that uh, in that in that category of guys that are sort of questionable, and assume one of them's going to work out. Why? I mean, I, I don't think all. I, I'm not going to take Jay Cutler and say, "All right, well, I got my QB situation solved." I'll get three, maybe even four QBs and gamble that one of those guys is going to rise, and I'll play that guy. By week three or four, I'll see the trend. I'll ride that guy the rest of the way. I would not want to go into the season with Jay Cutler as my starting quarterback. I wouldn't want to go into the season with Jay Cutler and Alex Smith as my matchup-based starters. I told you, I have three or four guys now, I and I'm, I'm going to figure it out. But to have four quarterbacks on your roster is a lot of roster spaces to, to occupy for that one position. So bad strategy. I there's But, Dave, there's so many good quarterbacks that... Why Why not go after a Romo? Why not go after a Matthew Stafford? I think the cliff for where I'm comfortable with a quarterback as my starter is at Romo and Stafford right there. After that, you're talking about Eli. You're talking about Michael Vick. You're talking about Andy Dalton, Josh You don't Freeman, even trust ben Eli. As a, it, Eli Rob, wouldn't even ca- count had, as a starter. Eli's had one very good fantasy season in his entire career. It was two years ago. Last year, it wasn't very good. It, he fell back into the old Eli. And this year... If Nick stays healthy, you've got Cruz there. I think Ruben Randall can be a deep sleeper and make an impact. And Brandon Myers, I, I really like him. But I, I still don't see Eli as a number one, as a true number one, because of the dearth of quarterbacks. Would you have Stafford, Romo, or Eli? Of course, Eli is going to be third on that list. And again, you use the quarterback depth to your advantage. If you want to go ahead and get Eli Manning and Michael Vick as your two quarterbacks, Okay, I could see that. But Cutler and Alex Smith, I, I, I'd feel really uncomfortable but going boy, into don't week you, one. So when you think about it, you're, you're so cynical that these guys in new offenses like Alex Smith and Jay Cutler, you just don't buy that Alex Smith could really have a major season? Matchup-based starter, yes. Major season, no. I know his offensive coordinator, Doug Peterson, said he was the best quarterback in the National Football League. What about League? Jake Locke? Well, That's listen, insane. look how that worked out for Flacco and Eli when people start touting them as the best. It Joe works Flacco's out. a lousy fantasy quarterback, though. We're not talking about Super Bowl championships, or we're talking about fantasy championships. And Eli's never been a consistently good fantasy quarterback except for maybe one year. Joe Flacco had one year where he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback, and that's it. Last year, he didn't score more than 17 fantasy points on the road all but one or two times. He was ridiculously inconsistent. So, again, there's a difference between fantasy and reality. And I, I think Alex Smith could be a, a fine matchup-based starter. When he's playing the Raiders twice a year, heck yeah. When he's playing against the Broncos... Eh, I don't know if I'm going to start him. And this happened last year with Alex Smith. And as a matter of fact, Adam, I think you remember this too, because 
you write your your ranks eleven sleepers on NFL.com during the season, and there was a few times in there where we liked Alex Smith because of the matchup. And what did he do? He did well. But you just can't trust him going up against the Seattle Seahawks of the world or the San Francisco 49ers of the world, that kind of thing. Now, he does have the second best schedule based on fantasy mm-hmm. points tied with Robert Griffin III. That's a major advantage. Andy Reid is there. They're going to throw the football. That's a major advantage. Do I think Alex Smith is going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback this season? No. Where do you rank Steven Jackson? Let's go to the NFC South. Doug mm-hmm. Martin, I'm in the group that's at, like, well, I guess the universe is in the group right. that says he is going to build on last season. Right. And he'll be, obviously, at least in that division, he's the best option there. I think he's a top yep. four or five guy overall in the league. Steven Jackson, though, big range of opinions on what he's going to do at this point. I see him as a high end, too. I, I really like Steven Jackson. If you look at. Michael Turner's numbers in Atlanta over five years and Steven Jackson's numbers in his last five years in St. Louis, in terms of rushing yards and yards per carry and fantasy points, they're really close, really, really close. And then you look at that rushing touchdown category, and Jackson has, I believe, 32 fewer well, than Michael Turner. Well, but that's a product that he's been on bum teams his whole career. But where is now he he's now? on a good team, right? This is what I'm saying. The one thing about Steven Jackson that people can say is a negative is that he's 30 years old. But, I mean, the dude's in phenomenal shape. I interviewed him during the offseason, and he's ridiculously gigantic. The guy's in – he's a physical specimen. And I think he's – he would be at – the, at the very minimum, he would be a guy who scores eight rushing touchdowns this season. And I have him right after the top guys. So you've got Alfred Morris. Then I've got Matt Forte. I've got Chris Johnson. And then Stephen Ridley and there's Stephen Jackson right wow. there. Wow. So Chris, jo- you just snuck Chris Johnson in there. Let me tell you something. Here's something that I've come around to in the last literally five to seven days. The the, the Atlanta Falcons offense isn't going to just be good. It's going to be dynamite, historically great offense. And the reason is in part because of their defense. It is not a shutdown defense. It's a ball that, that, I mean, it's a defense that aspires to turn you over, not dominate you. Obviously, it's not capable of dominating just about anybody. Ergo, fair amount of shootouts, especially they're in a division with the Saints. no doubt. Carolina is going to have a productive offense, you know. Tampa has a compelling offense. They're going to be in a lot of high-scoring games. Ergo, they're going to have to score a lot of points. I am all in. I know Tony Gonzalez is old. He was retired. He was old last year, and he, he still was finished. retired. But he the difference is, what, third in fantasy points at tight end. I think Fourth, it matters. Very good. I think it matters that he flipped the switch off and then turned it back on. I think that is not great. His mentality was, "I'm ready to check out." All right, all right, I'm back. All right, you know what? I am. I'm back. I don't think I don't. <laughs> I don't buy that he's necessarily going to be great, but. I think you get those two wide receivers. Matt Ryan is what? To me, I think like sixth, maybe I might rank him sixth among the QBs. I have him, I believe, eighth. I have Robert Griffin III ahead of him, Andrew Luck ahead of him. He's Talk right about in don't that trust. How can you trust RG3 with what's going on with him? I'll take Matt Ryan it's over RG3 about, right now. It, that That is a risk-reward decision with, with Robert Griffin III. And this is why you don't have your drafts until the last week of August or the first week of September because you want to see how things are progressing. But remember, Robert Griffin III was the best player in fantasy football for 
a lot of weeks last season mm-hmm. in the in the beginning of the year, middle of the year, must start guy. Now I would agree that they're going to probably have less designed runs for him because of the knee. Of course, but he's a dynamite passer too, and he was ridiculously accurate. I think he only had five interceptions. I don't love who he has to throw the season. ball to. Well, it's better this year though. Pierre Garcon is healthy. Fred Davis, watch out for him as a sleeper. I agree with that one. And Santana Moss is still a wily veteran there that they have. Uh, Josh Morgan, a decent possession guy. He doesn't have the best weapons in the world. Yeah, he doesn't have the weapons like Peyton Manning has. But they're they're not terrible. They're improved over what they were last season. I didn't know that uh, Santana Moss was wily. So if that's the case, then maybe he will be good. Santana Moss actually, I know. It's, it's crazy. Was, he feels like he's been in the league for twenty. He was actually years. A, th- a viable three when the matchup was mm-hmm. was pretty decent last year. It wasn't a lot, but. I want to say that he led them in receiving touchdowns. Um, just to prove to the world at large, Fabiano, that you do more than just look at the computer screen and evaluate these things in August. You also take some time away to watch Breaking Bad very quickly. Oh, I love that you enjoyed episode one? Dude, it's so good. You know, Jason Smith, we make fun of him because he's made the entire NFL office hate the Jets and hate the Mets. Mm-hmm. But he turned me on to Breaking Bad. I got to give him credit. Dude, I love Silver that lining. Yeah. So unbelievably good. Another guy, by the way, who's bald. I know. Just I'm, I'm surrounded by him. You got Akbar, you got Put that Smith, one in you your quiver rank. and use it at your disposal. You know, you so always have good. That comeback. Did you put Damashek in that? That was, a, that was no. uncalled for. Rank, Smith, and Akbar. Right? Oh, okay. The name Damashek did not come out of my mouth. No. Oh, okay. no. He's, gonna make He's sure. not bald. Yeah, thinning hair is not bald. Now listen, Fabiano, yeah. who's going to die? In uh, who's gonna, uh, What's going to happen? Is Hank going to die at the end of Breaking Bad, you think? I think I think something's going to happen with Jesse, Walter, where, where Jesse. Walter ends up killing Jesse. Mm-hmm. But well, the the whole Eisenberg thing in Too the house, dark. I feel like possibly Todd's f- uncle, who was the was the the criminal who mm-hmm. Hank got. Uh, or I'm sorry, Walt ended up hiring to have his people murder those nine people in prison. I think maybe they go after Walt. The show is so awesome, though. Lydia is she the next one to go? Like, who, who's the Ryson going to? Who is that? Is is it going to? Is, Interesting. Is he going to take Jesse out? Because now Jesse, you think about it, Jesse's kind of a loose cannon now because he's got this wave of morality and he's throwing money out the window in in the uh, in, in the poor neighborhood there in the show, and he's kind of starting to lose it a little bit. And maybe Wait, aren't they aren't they in Albuquerque? He's turning angelic after all that, and that sure. makes him a loose cannon. I think that it would be too dark for Walter White to kill Jesse and be like, "Well, that's the end of our run here, America. Goodbye." I think it's going to be the other way around. Jesse will kill Walter, but like we talked about on the last podcast, I don't like all this speculation. But now I'm sucked into it. It's now I'm so doing good. it. So. The show is amazing. I like to just let it wash over. Thank me. you. I'm the passive participant in this. All right. Well, listen. Fabiano, a pleasure. NFL.com, of course. Fabiano, hitting him up on Twitter. He's always diligent about responding to all your questions there. Adam Rank is, too. I am less so. so I respond. I respond. (laughs) I absolutely do. That's why you have to tweet hashtag DDFP. Don't even worry about tweeting at Very nice, Black Tie. Well done. And uh, and by the way, make sure you head over to NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K, and sign yourself up. If you're a fantasy player, if you're a football fan, you want to watch the preseason games, if you wish to divine how these positional battles are going to work out, speaking of draft. speaking about that though, we put a poll up on uh, NFL.com slash sec asking mm-hmm. the best reasons to watch preseason game and uh, rookie debuts came out at number one at fifty three percent, 
followed by fantasy football scouting. So right. obviously, checking out the rookies. I consider for fan preseason an illusion. I don't pay attention to it because it will only distract me from where my brain is headed. But I still sit and watch the games. That's what I find myself doing anyway to see who looks good individually, so I can draft them for plus. Fantasy. It's nineteen ninety nine. You know, nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. Now I've, I'm starting to feel like uh, a huckster on an infomercial that I'm watching at two uh, thirty a.m. instead of sleeping. All right, listen. With that being said, rank Donnie Moore, Willie McGinnis, Michael Fabiano. Thanks to them all. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.